0: I knew that they weren't feeling how I felt and I knew that what was presented to me in the beginning of the relationship is what held, what made me hold on, you know, sometimes we choose history over current actions. And so when I realized that history wasn't going to repeat itself, that actions was the real person. That's when I decided to move on with my life, but I chose, um, and with the guidance of the Holy Spirit, with me staying close to the Lord, I chose to focus on what God was doing. I chose to focus on the new me, the person that he was healing. I didn't care about what anybody else thought. I couldn't, I couldn't afford to, like I, it was impossible, impossible, excuse me, for me to focus on what other people were thinking. I knew that that would kill me. Expecting God to answer prayer when we still. Hey guys, I'm your host, Miss Nikki, and I welcome you to Something to Say. Welcome back to another video, you guys. Thank you for all my new subscribers. Welcome, welcome, welcome. I pray that you are blessed by this channel. I hope that you get a lot of information, and I also hope that God speaks to you through me. Now, as you can tell by the title, we are talking about divorce. Um, For those of you who have been subscribers to the channel, you have been um, listeners of the podcast. I'm sure you know that I am divorced by now. One of the things that irritates me, God forgive me, it irritates me is the fact that when people hear that you are divorced, and I'm pretty sure they don't do this um, on purpose, but um, let me say the safe community, the Christian community, the body of Christ, when people hear that you are divorced, they say, oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry to hear that any case or every case, let me say. I don't think in every case we should be sorry to hear that. I think that one of the things that we should say is, oh, okay, and then let the person continue to talk. And I'm going to explain why. Hopefully this video is not that long. I really don't want to dig too deep into this topic, but I hope that once I'm done, that you have now considered a new conversation, a new way of responding things that we don't want to do is deter anybody or allow anybody to walk away feeling ashamed feeling like they failed we don't want anybody to think that we have a negative thought uh, a negative mindset to their situation we don't know uh, anybody's situation unless they share it with us so let me just say from personal experience my divorce was not um it was not by the time I made the decision to have a divorce and then everything was final. It was not a situation where I was, let's say, I felt ashamed, right, or that I walked away feeling like I had failed at something. I knew, um, right along with the person that I was married to, was that neither one of us was perfect. Um, I knew, being in the situation, that I learned a lot about myself. I learned a lot of what I don't want to go into in my next marriage. I learned a lot of um, family history. I learned a lot about myself. And when I walked away, I knew that I had done everything that you possibly could do on my part to be present, right? Be present in a marriage and do what I can to make it, you know, make things work. But... As we all know for everybody that marriage is not just one person doing it all alone. Um, And I feel like we have to be careful with the things that we say and how we respond to those that are inquiring about divorce or those that are, they just divorced or any of that conversation. I think that we have to be careful and take note of what the person's circumstances may or may not be you certainly don't want to speak too soon. Um, And the reason why I'm saying this is because I know what I hear or um, the notion that comes with, oh, I'm sorry to hear that. Again, it wasn't a sorry situation, at least not for me. I know that I'm a good woman. I know what I bring to the table. I know that I am the type of person that does what needs to be done to make sure my family gets what they need to get from me. And I mean that in every sense of the word. So by the time I chose to walk away, I knew that I could walk away with my head held high knowing that I did my part. Um, Again, was I perfect? No. Did I make mistakes? Definitely. Um, Were there things about me that I did that I did not like? Of course, definitely, definitely, most definitely. But again, um, had I had help in a marriage, the way that you are supposed to come together as two people, um I probably would still be married today. Did that part make me sad? Of course, of course, because when you marry somebody, you expect to be with that person forever. You know, you expect that person has now become family, you know, but when you come to a realization that you're going to be the only one working and you're going to be the only one lifting the load and you have children watching you and you realize that it's not a healthy uh, situation, I don't think that everybody's response to the ending of that situation should be sorry. You know, sometimes it's a celebration. You know, and again, you could deter somebody, you know, especially in the body of Christ, um, you could deter somebody from walking away from something that They are battling with every day, you know, sometimes when you're in the the process, um, a lot of people don't understand people that are outside of marriages or never been married. A lot of people don't understand that usually you divorce mentally and emotionally about a year or two before you even divorce, you know, physically and the natural. You divorce spiritually, which is sad, but it's the truth. Um, And so you kind of consider every outcome. Right, you consider the thoughts of what if I leave? You know, what if I leave? What if this happens? What if that happens? What if this doesn't happen? What if I turn back around? You know, you have all these what-ifs before you finally make the decision. And if things are still the same way a year or two later from your very first thought, then nine times out of ten you're gonna proceed with what it is that you're gonna proceed with. But you know, everybody that I can't say everybody, but I can say for myself. You do have those thoughts of, maybe I shouldn't do this. Maybe I should save my family. Maybe I should just go along with it. Especially if you've had a conversation with somebody and they tell you all the things that um, you'd wish happened in your marriage. You know, they they talk about all the reasons why you shouldn't divorce as someone who's saved. Um, Again, you want to kind of be careful. Speaking on any of those situations because nobody knows what's going on in that marriage but God and those two people, right? Um, Even if these two people didn't make God a part of their situation, the only ones that really know about that marriage is God and those two people. And so sometimes you could have um, situations where people are being, being abused and then they have the body of Christ or somebody from. You know, a, religion, a religious sector who will comment on their situation and make them feel like they're wrong for divorcing, and they're going through all this turmoil, all this drama, and and all these things in their home, and nobody knows about it. But they walk away feeling ashamed. They walk away feeling defeated. They walk away feeling like. Maybe I shouldn't get a divorce. If the church is saying, or if God is saying that I'm not to divorce, then maybe I'm just going to have to deal with this until the day that I die. The devil is a liar. You know, that's not true. And I hate that for a lot of saved people. I thank God that through his word, yes, most importantly, I heard him, but he also spoke to me. And that's how I learned to hear the voice of the Lord is when he told me to leave. You know, when he made it okay with me to leave. One of the reasons why I stayed mainly in the marriage was because of my loyalty to the Lord, you know, and the fact that I knew that the covenant of marriage wasn't something to take lightly, you know, and when the Lord informed me that it was okay, um, I definitely went for it. And I was excited about it because there's liberty, you know, sometimes when it comes to divorce, there's a freedom, you know, when it comes to divorce. The word says that we must worship um, the Lord in, in spirit and in truth, right? And that we must worship him with everything that we have. But when you are in a stressful situation, when you are in a situation that it tampers with your mind, it tampers with your soul, it tampers with your spirit, there's no peace there. Then how can you give your all to God, you know, and one of the things that the Lord says is that He is a jealous God and He's not going to have anybody before Him. We are putting these abusive situations and, you know, all abuse is not physical abuse. You know, a lot of it is mental abuse and we're talking about your soul. Your soul or you being so tied to this person is causing you so, so much turmoil that you put this or you have no choice but to put this before your God and your relationship with Him. There is no there is no peace, right? There is no break in between your marriage and then your relationship with God. There is no time for that, right? And if you are with a person who is selfish, self-centered, a person who has you all wrapped up in their turmoil, you know, things that's going on with them more than you are uh, able to get a break for yourself or for your children, then how do you have that opportunity to worship God, you know, and the fullness of what He's called you to do? How do you have time to even work on your ministry, you know, things that you've done before you even got married, you know? Um, God has put something in every last one of us. You guys hear me talk about that all the time, but in marriage and in family, You know, sometimes those things take a back burner and sometimes it stays that way until you can find peace, until you can find, you know, some type of um, mellow ground for you to be able to just focus on what God has called you to do. And, you know, you're not being your full self. You're not being your full potential if you have all this turmoil going on. And another question that I have, you know, a lot of people, again, this is a big topic for me because this is something that I faced all on my own. And it took me hearing God's voice for me to just do it, regardless of what I was being told, regardless of what the church was saying, regardless of what, um, you know, I knew to be the right thing concerning what I was told by other people and not God, um, I went on with the, the word of the Lord. I went on with what I knew God was saying to me. And it's it's so crazy. God confirmed his word. It's not crazy, but we say crazy because, you know, you would never think with the eyes that you see and the time that you're in it, you would never think that things would turn out the way that they would. I just want to say this. When you listen to God and you do uh, things the way he tells you to do them before you know the outcome, You will soon find out why God asked you to make that move. And boy, when I got a divorce, did I find out who I was really dealing with all that time. And so, again, I'm going to use the word crazy. It was crazy because I didn't know what I was dealing with. But let me just say this. How can you ever do what God is calling you to do when you are being stopped by the person that you feel like God ordained you to be with, right? I'll ask that question, then I'll ask another. If this person that you are with is God ordained, right, this is a kingdom spouse, do you think that this person would draw you away from God? And when I say that, be careful about the thought of your answer. Consider this. This person may go to church with you, they may read the Bible, they may talk about the Bible, they may pray with you, they may do all of those things, but are they your peace? Can you have peace with them? Because if you can't have peace in your own home with this person that you are married to, then how can you have time for God? You'll be busy praying and asking the Lord to relieve you from this situation, not necessarily divorce. But you'll be praying about your marriage all the time. Will you have time to be an intercessor the way you might have been before you got married? Would you have time to pray about yourself, you know, and your ministry? Would you have time to pray for random people that the Holy Spirit has shown you? We have more freedom when we are single because we don't have to worry about splitting our time between the person that we're in a relationship with and God, right? If you have children and you're single, of course, you have to split your time between your children and God, most definitely. But when you get into a relationship, if this person is ordained, this person has their own separate time with God, and you have your own separate time with God, and they'd be too invested in loving God and their relationship with God and not... um, Wanting to take too long to be without them, that they would they wouldn't have any time to harass you, right? To constantly put you in a place where you're you're ruffled and you're angry and you're frustrated. You know, that person I say will want peace in their home, right? They wouldn't want the enemy nowhere near their home. They will want peace for their children, peace for their wives. They will want nothing but peace because they understand. That feeling, that peace that you get when you're in God's presence, they will want that presence in their home. If this is a God-ordained spouse, this is what this person should be wanting from you. And again, I I think that we, as people who are not in that marriage, right, and we're having a conversation with a person that just got a divorce or is planning to get a divorce, I think we need to be a little bit more sensitive. Be careful with what you say. I have some notes here. I don't really have a lot because like I said, this message is not um, too long. I just want to teach us a little bit more etiquette when it comes to how we can make a person feel by the little comments that we make because of where that person may be or what it is that they may not have healed from. And so what you say can play a big part on where they go from what you've said. So... Now, be careful what you say to people who have gotten a divorce. Wait to hear how they feel about it. What you say may determine what they walk away with. And I just said that, right? Um, again, let me let me keep reading because I always do that. And then I end up going into the next sentence without looking at it. Everyone who gets a divorce does not feel shame about it, right? You can easily make anyone who's divorced feel shamed, can make them feel like they failed. One of the things that I realized that the enemy does with relationships is when the other person has done something to you, no matter what that may be, any sort of betrayal doesn't always have to be cheating. It could be lying. It could be uh, anything. One of the things that the enemy makes you think, and this is something that happens This is something that happens without you putting too much thought in it, right? It's like an automatic feeling that you get. You can feel shame. You can feel like you didn't do enough. You can feel like you chose the wrong person. You could feel like you did the wrong thing, right? When I was going through this, the Lord had put it on my heart that it wasn't a choice that I made, right? One thing that I realized is as a woman... I can't marry anybody, right? In order for me to be married, a man has to marry me. A man has to give me his last name, right? So, yeah, he didn't strong arm me into getting married. And yeah, it was a choice that we both made. But I can't marry a man. A man has to marry me. I take on his last name. And what I do know, what I did take away from um, once I began to heal... What I did take away from the situation was that person chose correctly, right? They didn't they their choice in marrying me was a privilege. It was a privilege because I know what I bring to the table. I know that I'm a good woman and I know that the good woman out there is very few and far between. Like you don't get too many women that are still old school who still will fight for you, who will, and I'm not talking about fighting for you where that person is doing whatever and you're staying. What I mean fight for you is to make sure that they don't leave because of small little things, little inconsistencies, you know, things that, you know, your partner can grow in, they can mature in, right? that person that's willing to stand in a fight with you, the person that's not selfish, the person that's willing to put themselves on a back burner just to make sure that their family gets what their family needs. That's that's me. And so again, the person that chose to marry me did not choose wrong. The person that chose to marry me made mistakes, right? And those mistakes were made over and over. And when I started to see that it was a pattern and that person felt like I was never going anywhere. Then I had to make the decision, you know. And again, I was told by God that it was okay because it became abusive. It became something that was never going to change. It was something, in a, you know, something else. And I will release more information about that whole process when the Lord releases me to do so. Right now, He has not given me the unction to do so. So I will give small details here and there. But I just want to give you guys some type of insight on how you can make a person feel if they're not healed. If a person is in a, the, the middle of um, this whole thing, they're going to feel shamed about what somebody else did. And I don't think that it's fair that you should take on the blame for somebody else being stupid and making a mistake. You know, I chose peace over feeling shame and when I say that I meant that it didn't matter to me what anybody thought I knew that they weren't living my life I knew that they weren't feeling how I felt and I knew that what was presented to me in the beginning of the relationship is what held what made me hold on you know sometimes we choose history over current actions and so When I realized that history wasn't going to repeat itself, that actions was the real person, that's when I decided to move on with my life. But I chose, um, and with the guidance of the Holy Spirit, with me staying close to the Lord, I chose to focus on what God was doing. I chose to focus on the new me, the person that he was healing. I didn't care about what anybody else thought. I couldn't. I couldn't afford to, like, I, it was impossible, impossible, excuse me, for me to focus on what other people were thinking. I knew that that would kill me. I knew that I I didn't have enough strength, you know, in the Lord and in myself to focus on what other people thought about me and what other people thought about my life and what could have happened and how did this go? And, you know, I couldn't focus on that. The only thing that I could focus on was the fact that God gave me instructions right? And I knew that he would take care of me in it. And so I kept that at the forefront of me and I just ran with it. And again, you, you just want to be careful what you say to people, because you never know where a person is. You don't know what they're dealing with at the time that you make your comments, you know, and it could be a careless move, but I just want to give you some insight on what that could be. What, what could it do, you know, to a person? Um, no one should feel ashamed for making a decision that's best for them and their family. True. True. Nobody should feel like, oh, I feel so bad for you. You know, I thought you guys would make it. All of those comments are not necessary. Again, that person could be happy. They could be happy. You never know what a person is dealing with. Usually I go with the response, oh, okay, okay. That's my response when somebody tells me that they're thinking about getting a divorce or they got one. Oh, okay, and this is my exact face because I don't want to make that person feel uncomfortable, and I don't want to put them in a place where I make them feel like they failed. When a person tells you they're divorced, the other partner is not standing there, and the other, part, the other partner is not there to speak up for themselves and say, hey, yeah, uh, we had to get a divorce. I was the one who made the mistakes. It's not fair. It's not fair to make a person feel ashamed, right? And so let me keep going. Again, that way, if I answer an, oh, okay, instead of, oh, I'm so sorry, um, I'm not projecting my thoughts on that person, right? Because I don't know what's going on and I can't presume to know. You know, everybody's situation is different. Like I said earlier, sometimes a divorce is a celebration. Sometimes it's liberty and it's freedom. And you never know what the Lord told that person to do. You never know why it was necessary for them to move on with their lives. Sometimes it is the best decision that a person ever made, you know. Sometimes because of big moments like that, people break out and they find out things about themselves they never knew was there, you know. And that was definitely definitely something that happened for me. It was a liberty. You know, I felt freedom from it. I felt like I had broke something. You know, I had broke generational curses. It stopped with me. And I was so proud of myself for doing that. Because there was a point, because of the thoughts of other people, or because of the little things that I heard that people had commented and said, you know, about me behind my back. It was because of those thoughts that I felt like I probably wouldn't have been able to do it. But... Because of my relationship with the Lord, I succeeded in breaking generational curses that my daughters would not have to deal with. And I thank God for that. So again, all I'm saying is is when a person tells you that they are getting a divorce or that's something that they're moving towards, be comforting, right? Don't be too confident. Don't make it too obvious that that's what you're doing. But if it's the best decision for that person, learn how to be supportive. And I think that's one of the things that the body of Christ needs to learn how to be, you know, instead of judgmental, instead of, um, you know, telling them what the word says. They'll learn. If they ask you, there's nothing wrong with telling them what the Bible says. There's nothing wrong with doing that. But ask that person if, if have they heard from God. Ask that person if they are seeking God. Allow them to know that in the presence of the Lord is where they can get their strength. And that's where they can get their joy and their peace. Make sure they know that before you judge them about what happened in their relationship. Again, every divorce is not a sad story. Sometimes it's a liberty. Sometimes it's you being able being in a position where you ended up idolizing your issues and idolizing your marriage and idolizing something other than God. God wants to be the only God in your life. And always remember that you should always be in any situation where God comes first. I don't care what it is. I don't care who it is. Anybody that you're involved in should never never pull you away from your God. Should never pull you away from your time with him. I want you guys to be blessed again. I thank you for returning to another episode, and I will see you again. Bye bye for now. Thank you for tuning into something to say podcast. If you would like to follow us on other forums, all my handles are listed below. I pray that the words spoken today will take root in your heart and feed your soul. Until next time, be blessed in the name of our Lord.